Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi, We've hello. Got... <laughs> We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hello. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Welcome. <laughs> On today's show, we will talk with Dr. B from TakeThis.org about a new Dungeons & Dragons module. We will get a board, green board game review. Yeah, that's la, it. La, Easy la, for la. me to say. Uh, from BJ Shea. We'll talk some TV and then, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our podcast blogs and more. Or just BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, iTunes, and uh, any other way you can really think of. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Yeah, Lots of ways to get us on the old podcast machine. So please do so. And if you can, give us a uh, give us that feedback, the five stars and the review that says that Rev awesome. is sexy. No. Uh, the best geek ever. No. Thanos wow. Thanos was absolutely correct and all, well, all those true. other fun things too. Yeah. <laughs> he should have snapped you out of existence. I agree. Rude. Uh, I love Dungeons and Dragons and we're we have a guest here right now who's ready to talk about it. So let's get right to him. With us today is one of my favorite people to have on the well, podcast. Thank you. Thank not you. you. You're always on well, you're uh, not always on the podcast yes, either. Actually, uh, Dr. I... B might be on as much as you oh, are. Oh, Dr. This B. <laughs> Dr. B from takethis.org. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? Doing all right. Glad to be back. And um, uh, you're on for a very special reason. And this is, I think this is really cool because now there is a new Dungeons and Dragons module called Gardens of Fog that you had a little bit of uh, a hand in working on. I did. Uh, we have been working on this. This is a new charity module that's going to be available on the DM Guild starting the 18th of June. Yeah. And uh, I've been co-writing it with some of the great folks that work on some other stuff at Wizards of the Coast, as well as one of the best-selling authors on the DM Guild, Hannah Rose. Nice. And so how did this come to be? Because I know with uh, TakeThis.org, you have been very adamant about uh, trying to help people's mental awareness and just knowing... Uh, Probably mental health, right? We're mental talking. health yeah. and mental awareness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Be aware of the yeah. mental... Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, yes. My, my phrasing is terrible on this. But... At, uh, you like doing stuff at the conventions and uh, you know helping people out, and so this kind of bo- is born from that in an interesting way, in just terms of uh, dealing with some of those issues that people may have uh, in an RPG setting. So hopefully they can kind of internalize and deal with it in their real lives. Uh, yeah. So basically, we want to take some of the lessons that we often teach people in terms of uh, interacting with people who have mental health challenges. That you know too often we go into this like problem solving mode or even blaming or shaming and the reality is that people do that for the best of reasons they want to help people out of these things but the reality is more often 
and empathy and validation, seeming like you're doing nothing and simply sitting with people and validating their experiences in an empathic, knowing way is often much more effective. And so we wanted to take the opportunity to combine two things I love very much, one of them being mental health. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. literally my career. But the (laughs) other being Dungeons and Dragons, which I incorporated into my career, uh, teaching people how to use it therapeutically. So we talked to some of the some of our friends over at Wizards of the Coast, Greg Tito, their communications manager, is a great supporter. Greg is amazing. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. Um, and this idea came up of co-writing a, a charity module to benefit Take This that had mental health themes. Bill Benham, who's an associate producer over at Wizards of the Coast, he actually has a bit of a mental health background and a lot of D&D writing. I do a little bit of D&D and have a lot of mental health background. So it's perfect. Yeah. And later on, uh, Hannah Rose and I had this idea of creating a new cleric subclass called the Psychomancer. Which a, a lot of people may not realize, but you it's essentially kind of based on you a little bit here. <laughs> well, uh, not exactly. Not Exactly. Um, it, it's funny. The one of the hidden the Easter eggs in this module is that the name of the first psychomancer is actually an anagram of my predecessor. Take this as first clinical oh, director, Doctor wow. Mike, uh, Doctor Mark Klein. That's cool. Yeah, that was Hannah's idea. Um, so, and, and psychomancer is also the the title we give all of our volunteers. So the the mm-hmm. psychomancer in this module is heavily inspired by our mascot and our volunteers. And uh, yeah, so. So we just wanted to combine all of that together into a fun roleplay heavy charity module that hopefully people are going to enjoy and learn a few things. And this is very interesting and people can get this on June 18th. Mm-hmm. We're doing it early to get the word out because also on June 18th there will be a live stream going on with uh, Hyper RPG. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun to be able to check this sort of thing out because like you said it's RPG heavy. Um, some people who uh, are out there who may want to run this may want to watch these to kind of get that sort of vibe because while there are there are there's combat involved and stuff going on there is a majority of it where you were talking about not trying to solve problems but just validate those issues people may have Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of that i read through the module and uh first off it is very fantastic like i really really enjoyed reading through all of it and getting all the spoilers and everything (laughs) and that you know but it was just being able to say and even like the phrasing when you have in the book it's like we're not here on some of these to solve someone's problems it's more along the lines of trying to get those out into the open and then validate those like you said Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh so what's gonna be really cool is we've actually got at this point five live play streams that that are going to be playing this module live or just discussing it um we've got tales from the mists on the 15th of june we've got uh, hyper rpg on june 18th Mm -hmm. we've got rivals of Waterdeep on june 22nd nice and uh my group, Clinical Role, which is all mental health <laughs> professionals, we're going to be doing a discussion of the themes. And, um, and so so with the people out there, because we actually didn't name the uh, module, it's Gardens of Fog. Yes, Gardens of Fog. We yes. actually did at the beginning. You did a good job. Oh, I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're doing a great job place. today. Yeah, yeah, but you did. You did actually name it. Um, I, I, have a, I have a question because yeah. of the fact that I, uh, I have been on the other side of the world of mental health and therapy because I have been an amazing patient uh, oh, I'm sure for have. many, many years. <laughs> and I love the idea of, uh, uh, I, I don't even know what a psychomancer is, but I remember one of my favorite villains from the Fantastic Four days was 
was a, was the Psycho Man, and I thought, what an interesting concept. Psycho Man basically came in, and instead of having superpowers, it affected your mind and the way you mm. interpreted the world. And I'm wondering if the Psychomancers are going, which, which what a clever way to be able to teach people about mental health and even self-inquiry, which is a big part of a lot of mental health. Is the, Do the Psychomancers uh, uh, hit us from that particular world? Well, it... So the way it's written is uh, the psychomancers. Well, first of all, one of the things I have to say to you, BJ, is uh, as someone who's listened to your show for a long time, I've always appreciated how good of an advocate you are for mental health and destigmatizing it and just making it okay to go to therapy. Um, but psychomancers are a way of, in some respects, destigmatizing mental health professionals because we want our Ooh, psychomancers nice. to be benevolent. So I, these are the good guys. Yeah, they, yeah. And they, they derive their powers from benevolence. Yeah. I hate the trope of like the nurse ratchet type or yeah. the, the mental health professional who's just trying to mess with their clients. I hate that trope. Yeah, I have never met a mental health professional who wasn't in it to help people. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, every, that, that everybody has those intentions in that world. You're right. Just to, like you said, that, that trope is, yeah, you, you don't really, in the real world, ever find anybody who has a malevolent intent when it comes to, I guess, if you will, mental manipulation, which wouldn't even be what they would do. Right. And so the way we wrote the Psychomancer as a subclass is their powers have to derive from benevolence, trying Ooh, to like help this. people. I like this. And, uh, yeah. And one of the interesting parts about all of this as well is uh, when this comes out, again, June 18th, you can go and you can go to DMs Guild. Uh, the DMs Guild, find it, Gardens of Fog, is that this contains the complete adventure, um, all the monsters and the encounters with that, information on how to take on anxiety and depression in the real world, mm -hmm. which it's, it's, it's good to have all of this. And it even talks about, like I said, the phrasing and how you should approach this with people who may or may not be dealing with this in their real life and how they may act on it but then also the stats on the psychomancer so you can make your own character on that it's a lot of fun and this is it's so well needed uh, dr b because look i we game a lot we go to a lot of cons and uh you know just for whatever reason i mean you would probably know better than me but for whatever reason we do encounter a lot of folks that do have a lot of anxiety and a lot of a, a lot of social disorders that you know because of that it's like man if we could reach them in a way like art can do where they can sort of actually get some help without feel like someone's preaching or whatever like you said support being a big thing uh, art is a great way for someone to be able to see themselves without realizing they're seeing themselves well and more so than that a lot of this module is meant to target the people who don't suffer from mental health challenges even though mental health challenges are exceedingly common uh, an estimate of one in two lifetime diagnosis in the United States um, we want other people to recognize that it's common and it's not that difficult to interact compassionately with. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times, and look, I mean, you know, stereotypically, men get get, get charged with this where we just want to fix something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. not just Absolutely, a male yeah. issue. I think a lot of people go, oh, I see a problem. Let me go get a tool and fix it. And when it comes to human beings, that is not what we need. No, absolutely. And it, it feels counterintuitive. But a lot of the time when you're interfacing with someone who has, let's say, anxiety or depression or any one of other, you know, any number of other diagnoses, that urge to fix it actually feels minimizing and yeah, um, like yeah. I know better than you why can't you solve it but instead sitting with them having patience and reflecting their perspective in a validating way it's slower it feels counterintuitive but that's often the better way to help 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it takes less off your plate. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to solve it. All I got to do is just sit here and tell you I'm your buddy and I'm hanging here mm-hmm. and I'm with you no matter what you're going through. That's mm-hmm. a lot easier than me going, oh, man, I got to find a way to help. I mean, how, when you think about it, how can I fix anybody? Really? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yet, that's the, what, that's the role that a lot of us take on. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I got to fix this. And I love that you're presenting something that shows, no, you don't have to fix it. You can do what comes natural. Just be somebody's friend. Be there for him. Right. And just tell them that, you know, basically their experiences are valid. Your experience, yeah. yeah, I know things feel awful right now. And that makes sense that things feel awful if you think these things. Um, so I'm going to be here and I'm going to help you through this. And whenever you want that, uh, whatever other help I can give, I want to give it. But for right now, I'm just going to be here with you. I'm super happy that Wizards of the Coast is are, uh, are helping you out with this. Very happy on that end. And uh, take this.org is an amazing thing that you've done for mental health awareness and even doing the conventions with the AFK room, which I think is a staple. Like if you're getting overwhelmed, it's a place that you can go and chill out because these conventions can be super overwhelming. Uh, where can people find more information about what you guys do? Well, they can always go to our website at takethis.org. Of course, follow us on Twitter at takethisorg and similarly on Facebook at takethisorg. Uh, Dr. B, thank you so much. Thank you again take this.org to get information and also just our website dms guild will have the module on the 18th so do check that out uh moving on but staying in the gaming realm bj yes what board game review do you have us uh for us today well this is a classic it's it's a, a, that i just recently got interview introduced to risk uh no not that classic or cheesy uh no not as classic as that oh okay but as far as the new <laughs> wave of board gaming is concerned Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game called Dominant Species. Oh, I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, this is a very interesting game. This is kind of like a 4X game with animals. Uh, All right. Okay. Yeah, I've sort of hinted at this before. It's from GMT Games, and uh, Chad Jensen is uh, the one that designed it, also did a little bit of the art for it. This is the, the, the second printing or third printing, second edition. It's a little confusing, but basically they upgraded the art a bit. The first edition's art was like... And you kind of felt like maybe whoever drew this was just like, hey, I'm in art class and I'm going to draw this. <laughs> Which is too bad because it actually is a really, really good game. I don't know if it's Josh's favorite game, uh, but I know uh, Josh's sister, Katira, who kicked our ass in the game, played it well and really figured it out. Uh, really, at the end of the game, she was able to do some amazing things that we hadn't thought about. And the scoreboard, I think, is like it goes to 100. And she lapped that and almost got another 100, which is, which is unbelievable. I mean, it's almost unthinkable to be able to do that with a game where you can almost lap the scoreboard <laughs> twice. That's how bad the rest of us were. Yet, though, some of us some of us lap the scoreboard. I mean, that's why, for me, I felt like, well, look, if I lap the scoreboard and I go into basically where i got to flip over my little score chip to show that I'm over 100, maybe I mean, you should adjust the scoreboard, done, right? Yeah, it means I did well. Yeah. Uh, or, either that, we just, whatever, maybe played the game wrong. I have no idea. <laughs> But she kicked our asses. Uh, but Dominant Species is the story of basically um, we're trying to get global supremacy, but we're not doing it as human beings. No, we're doing it as basically the creatures of Earth as the Ice Age is approaching. Oh. And this is at the time about 90,000 B.C. And so you've got Damn. the mammals and you've got the arachnids and the insects and you've got the birds and uh, reptiles and they're all fighting for 
Dominance. Dominance. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was wondering <laughs> I don't about believe that it. one. The build-up really got me there. Uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, it's a really clever worker placement game, uh, which is interesting because as I look on the board, it doesn't even say, like, uh, under BGG, they don't even have worker placement as one of the main mechanisms. And, in fact, it is a main mechanism. You actually place your workers in order to get them to do certain things as the game goes on. Mm. And uh, But it's a really clever worker placement game. There's also uh, area control. You have hexes, and you have species cubes that go on there, and you will score points if you can have the most species cubes on a hex and the hexes would be either like deserts or swampland or, mm-hmm. or marshland really oceans but then there's also tundra tiles that get placed because well the ice age is approaching oh yeah then you've got basically these dominance cards which are cards that are supremely overpowered and a lot of times people will complain about a game when you go wow I just drew this card it's so OP it's so OP <laughs> this game says oh yeah these cards are OP but you get to see what five of them are and then so we will eventually get to draft one of these five cards that are oh. in play the entire round so yeah they're OP but yeah you can see them coming so <laughs> I right, like I, right. I like the fact that okay I can see how my world's going to be shaken up but I could do something about it I can be the one that makes sure that I put my worker in the first slot of being able to draft these cards first and uh, so you can plan you can plan okay, okay. I mean yeah, that's so good th- and there are two things in the game I mean basically you're trying to get your species on on uh, on these hexes, on these lands, and that if you and when you score the lands, if you have the most species, you'll be able to get the most points. But then sometimes you'll get points, like in other games where first place gets X amount of points, second place, third place, that kind of a thing. And also, there's a thing called dominance uh, on these lands, and this is a fascinating mechanic because in order to survive on a land, you have to have elements that you are good to survive in. So, for instance, um, if you want to survive in this land, and it happens to have, uh, if you will, it was like a bone element. Well, and, and you, if you're if the mammals are really good, they're good if there's a lot of bones in the area, basically. Okay. Uh, as opposed to maybe there's <laughs> there's grass in the area. Okay. Or okay. maybe there's fish in the area. You know, something like that. The idea is is that if the elements are not pl- present in the land you're on, you will go extinct. And if you actually have more elements in play on your player board as well as that match what's on the uh, hexes, then you are considered the dominant species of the area. So you may not have the most species in the area but your species is better suited to survive in that area than any other species. That's, okay, when, you, that's okay, when you get to yeah. draw those cards. Those cards are for the people who are the dominant species in the area. So you know, somebody might go, okay, I want to score that tile because that tile is going to give me nine points. But if I score that tile, BJ's species is the most dominant. He's going to get to pick one of those damn cards that could wreck my world. Right? And so you have the decision, do I want to score a lot of points, but I'll give my opponent that card. Uh, it's really well done. The artwork is a lot better with the second edition. Uh, I like it a lot. The game I see is priced at 50, 60 bucks, which is interesting because I don't know. I mean, it's got a lot of components, but eh, the components aren't going to blow you away as far as the wooden pieces and all that. I mean, they're just regular wooden pieces, cubes, and these little cones and mm-hmm. and, sp- and, and cylinders. Uh, the artwork is nice. It's not the best thing I've seen in board games, but it's an older game. and um, But it's good. It's, yeah, it, it sounds like, I mean, you're yeah. still excited to play it it's even if everything t- else is kind of average. BGG sort of. ranks it as, uh, as the top 52 second game out of all games that have been done and wow. since this game I'm looking for the date of when it came out but it's been a while it might even be at least a decade old if not more damn it still holds up and, and so I 
discovered it late, and uh, you know, I have to say, want to thanks to he- you know, want to thank the folks at Heavy Cardboard because they're the ones that actually turned me on to it. I think it was one of uh, his first Edward's first videos that he ever done was for about dominant species. I'm like, where have I been? How have I not heard about this game? Uh, it's good. I like it a lot. A lot of us want to play it again. Josh, I don't know if he wants to play it again. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. you can wait maybe for a 10 year anniversary or something. Uh, you know, they love to launch those things out. I agree. It, it, it would be. I don't know what it would cost, but yeah, if they did a super deluxe version of this game, oh, and uh, but it's still pretty enough and looks good enough, and it really is a good game. Dominant Species GMT Games. Nice. Uh, moving on from that, let's talk some TV. Did we get the season finale of Cloak and Dagger? Yes, we did. C and D in the books. Number two, and season I had two a, done. I had to watch it on my phone because I'm still unpacking and don't have internet yet. Oh. <laughs> so so how, how are all those special effects on your teeny tiny phone? <laughs> That show isn't exactly about special effects, unfortunately. I mean, the the big bad villain has been in a record store pretty much the entire season. So it just goes to show you that. And his special power is he plays a trumpet. Oh, I was going to say. They do a really good. The worst enemy, a record store clerk. But even though there isn't a whole lot of the CGI, they still do a really, really awesome job how they film it. Yes. Uh, just the the cinematography is just very I, very unique, and I really enjoy it as somebody who did a little bit of film study. Yeah. I'm, I, it's just, it tickles me pink. But it, it, it was a really good ending for season two, I think. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's one. Of, it's a show that, it, it, here, the trouble is, is that I see so much out there with Flash. Mm-hmm. You know, not Flash the show, but like a, a lot of Flash and pomp oh, and circumstance. okay, okay, yeah. A lot of great, you know, special effects and all that. And this show does not have that. But like Vicky says, it feels like either A, they're, you know, in the world of film study, they're doing something artistic, or B, they are definitely working with the budget they have to the best of their ability, which I think might be part of it mm-hmm. as well. It'd be nice if this show had a little bit more budget. I think it, I mean, definitely. Definitely film has like the film study thing is a thing because even in the beginning, first season one, the first couple episodes, just everything was a juxtaposition of light and dark and the imagery and everything. So they do have that in mind when they're filming all these. So, you know, it's a good enough show that I'll probably watch season three. Um, Well, I mean, you were always you were on the fence, and then you were watching it, and you're like, even before we've been talking about, you're like, I can't believe I'm still watching it, but here I am still watching it. Yeah, it's uh, that's one of surprises you over and over again. The villain was interesting, but I mean, the idea of you know really emotionally manipulating people Mm -hmm. and and living off of that, living or you feel good because you're living off somebody else's misery, which I mean, these are real human things as well as the human trap. Trafficking talk that they had and conversations. They do a lot of social commentary, either very blatant or like in a way kind of masked and kind of given to us in a different way. Like it was manipulating somebody and they're staying there and they're coming back to this guy and, you know, the trumpet guy. But they can't leave. And that is very much what domestic abusers do. They manipulate these people that to the point where they can't leave or they keep coming back. So it was very interesting the way they, they chose to tell that story. But then there is times where they do the human trafficking. You're like, that is very obvious. And they make sure to put the phone number at the very end. You know, like if That's you, good. And same with like there was a, an episode that had the suicide hotline because they did show themes of suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, there is a lot of social commentary that I really appreciate that I think is very powerful. Powerful. I have a question. Was uh, the bad guy that killed Ty's brother, was he dead? 
Yes. Okay, I thought so. I wasn't sure. Do you know? Okay, so because we're all obviously yeah, spoiling yeah, well, everything. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what ended up happening, well, you had mentioned in an episode previously or a couple episodes ago that the mom had him tied up. The guy who killed the brother, who was the bad guy, she had him tied up. He has since come out of the dark force zone, reformed. He's like, I want to have justice done on me and like everybody involved. Um and the mom was kind of cooking her little crab cakes. That's how she thought and processed. And at the end, she like, oh, yeah, you can use the restroom. When she unties him, it was dextered up. And oh, she shoots him. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. That's, what I, that's what I remember. I, yeah. thought, I, I thought it's like, I think he did. Yeah. And then yeah, she, yeah. she has a confession with the priest the episode previously. Uh, where it's like, I want to confess to killing a man. And that was even one of the things, uh, one of the things, they, they were fighting the trumpet guy, but the trumpet guy's uh, goons, if you will, were what they feared most. Oh, and so okay. Tyrone yeah, wow. fought a version of himself. Like, and it, he was basically telling him the entire time his fears, like, you disappointed your family. You had to take this on. You couldn't be the perfect student. You oh, failed your family. Wow. You failed yeah. yourself. While Tandy was fighting her father, somebody she looked up to too many for many years and then found out, no, he was actually an, a domestic abuser and abused her mother. Um, and it wasn't this prince and like king that she made him out to be in her mind. He was a horrible person. And so she wasn't over that all the way. Uh, so she ended up having to fight him and get over that, too, in order to win. So um, one of the things that dark or bad uh, Tyrone said, it's like your mother, you can't ever look your mother in the eye because of what she did, because of what you did. So yeah. like he knows what his mother did. Yeah. And that's when he called in the favor to Mayhem slash Bridget. It's like, hey, I need I need a favor, and that's when they hung him up in the police yeah. academy. I need to bail my mother out, so it looked like that she did this. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you know, and like good art, I mean, there's a lot that you can learn about yourself in this show, especially, like you said, Vicky, when they took on the, their, dark, their dark selves. They were their worst enemy, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a fascinating thing about the villain. The villain, yeah, he had power over people, but really, if people didn't give themselves their own misery in the first place, he wouldn't be able to feed off of it, and that, I think, is a great message mm-hmm. especially when it comes to you know any kind of mental health awareness and behavioral sciences so in that respect uh, the show did a great job this season mm-hmm. so i can't wait for next season nice. and, yeah and it ends with them finally going i think we're going to be heroes as they hop on a bus and who knows if they'll be romantic now because it looks like the tyrone's a free man yeah he's a free man because uh his girlfriend had to marry a loa which yeah. is like a it's voodoo it, 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 stuff it, it, in order for yeah, her to vo- yeah, sort of like a voodoo goddess creature or whatever. Huh, he's, not, he's not in this world, but she's now tied to him, unfortunately. Yeah, so she had to break up with Tyrone, and yeah. I don't think they're going to be together. I mean, I, I part of me, I think it's cute if they do end up together. Part of me hopes they don't because I, I love that their friendship this entire time, they have never once hit on each other. It's never been anything really sensual or anything it's just not yet not yet but it's it's just i love be, seeing that it is possible and i have friends yeah. like male friends that i adore deeply and there's nothing there it is just a love a natural platonic yeah. platonic love and i kind of hope they keep it that way uh moving on from that uh shortly i uh, just want to tell you guys no spoilers on this bj do you remember uh the taika watiti uh germain clement uh vehicle what we do in the shadows oh that was such a great movie it was a movie about vampires who room together in New Zealand. So well. Yeah, it was so well done. Well, I don't know if you guys noticed because it completely flew off of my radar, pun intended. Uh, They did a TV show on this 
Oh, so mm-hmm. that was a TV show? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought the whole FX. time they were just yep. advertising we're going to be having the movie. No, no. it was an actual TV show. It's the TV oh. show. Oh, I missed that completely. I, I did too. And I happened to stumble upon it and be like, well, all of the episodes are available via Xfinity and nice. the FX stuff. So I decided, well, why not watch some of these? Uh, I am six out of ten episodes in. They're only a half hour long, only ten episodes. And this thing is fantastic. Oh, really? So. Yeah. Yes. And that's, you know, that movie, it's like, okay, if we don't have the original people in the movie, how are they going to make this work? And they make it work nice. really well. And it's about, this time, instead of being uh, four vampires that are in uh, New Zealand, this time they're on Staten Island. <laughs> oh, nice. Yep, New York. Uh, most of them are Eastern European vampires. Well, three of them are. And uh, then they also have a psychic vampire. Oh. So, to kind of throw a little bit of a wrench into all of that. Damn. And it is fantastic. Just like the movie was, it's mockumentary style. So they regard the cameraman and the crew and stuff when they're doing it. It's well done. It's funny. The special effects are pretty good, especially just for a TV show. I enjoy it. And it has that same humor. It's got the exact same humor. Wow, good for them. And I love it. Like, it is really good. It's one of those ones where it's like, oh, well, we could, you know, Black Mirror's on. And my wife was like, let's finish this series before we get into Black Mirror, which is why I hadn't been able to get into Black Mirror Wow, that says a lot. It's an AMC show, I believe? No, it's FX. Oh, it's FX. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, there were some swear words in it, so uh, don't, you know, uh, have the kids around or anybody who's averse to that sort of thing. (laughs) I wonder if you can get it on Hulu, because you can get some Fox shows on Hulu. I, uh, I know FX that, has an app. Yeah, I know that I was trying to get it on Hulu and it was trying to direct me towards the uh, uh, have the live uh, television. Oh. So I don't think it is yet. It oh, just dang. finished the uh, 10th episode uh, actually back uh, at the end of May. So maybe just because that this is only about a week and a half uh, out of that, uh, maybe eventually. It has already been approved for a second season next year. Nice. And if you've got cable, because you said Xfinity, but if you have any cable, wherever you are, it should be on demand with your yeah, cable. Yeah. yeah, exactly on that end. So I, I absolutely recommend it if you do like what we do in the shadows. And there are some amazing nice. cameos in this, which may also include some of the people from the original show. Oh, because, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, oh they're never mind. They are there. So, uh, yeah, check it out. What we do in the shadows on FX. But now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, dare I ask what's going on in your world? Uh, I do. I'll give you one <laughs> meme. Okay. And then a, a story. <laughs> Thank you. This one's actually really, really adorable. And it's uh, just a tw- uh, Tumblr post. It says, I don't know, man. Imagine showing Arthur Weasley a GIF for the very first time. At first, of course, he thinks it's a normal wizard photograph. But then you'd explain that Muggles made it, and his heart would just explode with joy over these Muggles making such amazing crap even though they have no magic at all. How amazing, how inventive. (laughs) And maybe whenever you're feeling bad about yourself, imagine how much Arthur Weasley would enjoy meeting you. Aww. If you guys you know Harry Potter, he's just very—he's a fun character. Yeah, just from the little bits I've seen. Arthur Weasley is a great, great character. He and the actor, and I forget his name, but he was in Red Dwarf way back in the day in the first episode. Really, I think he, the crew. he was actually, if I remember correctly, too. He was one of the bad guys in the live-action 101 Dalmatians. He was one of the burglars. Oh, along wow. with okay. um, House. Oh my God. Uh, 
Huey Lower. We should probably get his name. <laughs> yeah. you figure his name, but I'll try <laughs> to see if we can find it out. But he, oh, he was also uh, he played uh, Rory's dad in a couple of episodes Mark of Doctor Williams. Who. Yeah, and he's he really is delightful, and I love Arthur's character because in this political age that we live in, where there's a lot of divisiveness, the idea, of course, that they're you know in the Harry Potter world, the the the, the pure bloods did not like the Muggles or the Mudbloods, and Arthur was just so like appreciative and had such love and reverence for muggles like he loved their world and as a you know as a pure blood wizard who actually you know we find out you know he was an auror he was a pretty respected guy within the magic community that just goes to show you that you know sometimes you can be on the other side and maybe find something to love about the other people mm-hmm. wouldn't be bad uh, if everyone could be a little Arthur Weasley in their life yeah. and I stumble I was trying to say Hugh Laurie oh. <laughs> I kept saying Huey <laughs> Huey uh, we Huey Laurie um, and apparently this this rubbed me the wrong way. Uh-oh. So an Academy member actually came out and said there is no way he would ever vote for an Avengers movie to get an Oscar. What? Basically, it says uh, first man should have been nominated for Best Picture. It probably came in ninth or tenth, and its visual effects are pretty amazing. I think they were produced more on a stage with models and old school stuff than the other nominees, which relied more on CGI, and I really respect that. There's no way on earth that I would ever vote for anything with the word Avengers in the title, like a lot of people in the Academy. I don't respect money grabs. Well, okay. ex- except that they really did a great job with trying to make this a really good movie. It's not just a money grab. It happens to be a movie that will make a lot of money, but they spent a lot of money. They got good actors. They got good writers. They Amazing got good directors. Performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find... See, this is what irritates me about the Academy. Like, oh, you know, there are, so- there are some things that are money grabs that aren't what you will consider Oscar worthy, but, I mean, Black Panther, uh, it isn't an... It isn't the Avengers, but it's the same deal as mm-hmm. far as the CGI and all that. And how do you not consider a great movie a great movie, uh, whether it makes a ton of money or not? If it's good, it's good. How often do action movies actually win Academy Awards? Oh gosh, that's a good uh, that's a good question. I, I mean, it's an action movie essentially. Yeah, so, and it doesn't mean it shouldn't. Yeah, it doesn't mean it can't. I just think that I don't. I can't remember the last time I remember reading. Oh, here, there's an Academy Award for you know The Matrix or something like You're that. You're right, and and that aggravates me because. Because if the performances are good and the writing is good, there's got to be a nice balance there. And, I, you know, I wouldn't say, of course, that, you know, obviously Endgame is the one I'm thinking of. But Black Panther, I thought, wow, you know, I was surprised that, you know, that that didn't win. Because I felt like that actually had amazing balance. It had a good story, had good performances. It had amazing social commentary. Yeah. And as well as it had all the effects. I was really shocked that it didn't win. I, I really was. And with action film. It's one of those ones where you can you kind of have to put it on like what do you consider an action film? Because I mean Rocky won, but it's not necessarily an action film, but there's action in it. Uh, the Lord of the Rings actually won the Fellowship, so oh that's interesting. Uh, and the Return of and actually and it the really Return of the have. Uh, the Return of the King did. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings should have, and Return of the King won. And I don't. I think Lord of the Rings was a much yeah. better movie than Return of the King. Uh, Gladiator. Which uh, oh, you would consider an action. So yeah. So I mean, there have been some, um, but yeah, a lot of the times the people, if it if it's got the newer technology um, or any of those sort of things, people will just poo poo on it. Or if it's just super, super, super popular all across the board, like there's yeah. no competition. Like what's better? Like it, I think people just want to hate on it because it is popular. Mm-hmm. 
and they don't. They're like, well, it's a comic book movie, man. Yeah, he just makes himself look like an idiot when he says that. He 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 really does. <laughs> I I because it's basically he's really showing his hate for the movies. Yeah, and there's some great movies out there with CGI and all that, and and they're Oscar worthy because of what they've done. I mean, yeah. it, 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 people hated George Lucas's Star Wars one, two, and three, but the special effects, yes. and, and and the cinematography were and the, and the costuming, yeah. were amazing, and that's just as Oscar worthy as any writing or any performance sometimes in my book. I have to agree with you on that one. Let us know what you think, and until next time, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where? Two, go. Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.